Between the words that are spoken and the words that are heard, may we encounter God's living word. Amen. Please be seated. Good morning, St. Luke's. You know, I often wonder what it is that brings people to church. That seems like a strange question for a priest. I often wonder. I wonder what it is that brings you into a space where you are able to reflect on what is holy. Do you know the moment when you first realized that you were meant to be here in this space? Not necessarily today, but the first time you went to a church or, or maybe the first time that you decided for yourself that it was a place you should come back to, even if no one made you. All of us have tons of reasons, but my guess is at the core of your reason, there's a desire to draw closer to something that you would only define as holy to draw closer to something that captivates your attention. And so perhaps on this beautiful day, here next to a busy road filled with distractions, this is the right day to hear the story of Moses in the burning bush. Moses is an interesting guy, has an interesting history in our faith tradition, and a person that we follow. You heard Winnie talk about that just last week. A person that we watch, a person that speaks for a people. And here we find Moses today doing everyday tasks, working in the field, hot, sweaty, and distracted by a burning bush. How many of you, just a quick show of hands, has seen a burning bush for yourself? One that burned and didn't burn up, that just kept burning? And when you saw that bush, surely you heard it speak as well, right? The metaphor in today's scripture is something that holds quite a bit of truth for all of us, I think. Because deep down, we have all experienced something that is holy. Something that burns within us, something that speaks to us, through us, in these moments. I remember the first time that I heard a voice in church. I was raised a Southern Baptist, as many Episcopalians today are not cradle anymore. We come from other places. Raised a Southern Baptist in Louisiana. Knew all sorts of ways of reading the Bible, ways of thinking about God's word, of listening for God speaking in my world, in my life. But many of the voices that I heard were not the ones that invited me into a closer walk with God. They were not the ones that invited me to understand myself or to see myself as part of this community that I was called to. So I'm not so sure if that bush kept burning. Eventually, it moved me away from that space. And it was there that I wandered. Wandered in a desert, perhaps in the same way that we see many of the characters in our biblical story, wandering, wondering where God would put them, where God would speak to them, and making all sorts of assumptions about what that might be when we finally encountered it. My guess is that Moses had some assumptions of his own today as he listened to that burning bush. But when I finally decided to go back to church, after years of not stepping through a door, the door of a sacred space that I was raised and taught to be in literally every time it was unlocked and sometimes before they had actually opened the door, when I finally stepped back in, it was because of the prodding of some dear and good friends 
some people that saw me in a new way and saw a care and concern that was part of my story. And they invited me into a place of worship. I'd like to tell you that when I entered that space, which was an Episcopal church at Greenville, North Carolina, that I walked through the door ready to meet God again. I'd like to say that to you, but I didn't. I walked through those doors quite certain that my friends had finally gotten something wrong, that they'd finally brought me to a place where I might be wounded again and prove that there was no God speaking to me in this space. And it was there that I met a priest, an older gentleman, tall and looming over the entire space. My friends encouraged me to listen, sat with me quietly, answered my questions when I probably should have been paying closer attention. And then when it came time for communion, they invited me to go with them. I went into that space sure that there was something not right. And it was only in the moment that that priest stopped in front of me, asked my name, and then put a wafer in my hand and said, this is the body of Christ for you, Matt. And with a gentle touch, pressed that wafer into my hand. That was the moment that I realized through that touch, through that spoken word, through my name being spoken in a space that had harmed me, that I had a place that God was still speaking through taste and touch and sound and all the things that make church something for us. That was my burning bush moment. And I thought that that was going to be the thing, that just being in that space would be enough. But Moses knows better in the story as well. Moses knows something about distraction. This bush captures his attention, captivates his attention, in fact, so much so that he looks away from his very livelihood, all these animals that he's taking care of, to go and stand, to listen. I suspect that many of us here and those watching at home assume that we are called to stand and listen to look for something miraculous all around us and to claim that as God's presence. You'd be all right if you thought that. But I wonder when you read that text again from Exodus today, what did God say? Does anyone notice? What did God do in this moment? Did God say, listen to me? Did God say, look closer? God said, take your shoes off because the ground you're standing on is holy ground. In the midst of all the things that bring you here, all the things that brought me here, all the traumas and trials of our life, one thing that we know for sure is that when we feel the presence of God, when we rest into the space around us, when we root ourselves into the ground and feel that stableness, that we can begin the process of healing. God doesn't invite us into a space of quiet reflection, at least not always. In today's story, God invites us into a place of grounded being, and for one of the first times is incredibly clear about what we should be doing. God identifies a whole lineage, a whole ancestry. I am the God 
of your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, a whole list of people. And these are not powerful people, my friends. You might think that. These are oppressed people. These are people who have been ground down by the systems of power in their world in that time. And their voice transcends time and is still here today. I am the God of these oppressed people, the God of this community around you, the God that calls all of this oppression into one place. And here, you take your shoes off because this is holy ground not in the cathedral of the world at the time, not in the finery of the space, but here in the midst of a forgotten people. And God says, their cries have come to me. I hear them and I call you. I suspect that all of us, like Moses, can think of many ways that we can avoid that call, many ways that we can keep our shoes on and look for more comfortable ground, that we can hide our faces in the fear that consumes our lives. We can look away. We can look for anything else but the truth in front of us. And today, God invites you to take your shoes off. Here with the noise of this beautiful city in the background, to look around you and ask, where are your neighbors? Who are the people that are ground down with oppression? Who are the people that come through the gates looking for help? And that is the place that you are to call holy. That is the place that you are to reach a hand out and give something back. That is the place that you are to build community. Because when you put yourself there, when you take your shoes off and stay in that place, then just like Moses, maybe, just maybe, you will be able to lift the feeblest voice that you have left and say to the world in all of its traumas, all of its need, let my people go.